I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Your Questions Answered. We are the Dadly Boys of What Culture. I'm Adam Wilborn, joined by Michael Hamflet and Michael Sudwick, here to answer your burning wrestling questions live on YouTube. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Uh, where we do daily wrestling podcasts where we review Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2 Play. Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Collision, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup that we complete. Well, a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet and Sidgwick to answer all of your questions. Thank you so much to everyone who's already sent them in the chat. But before we get to the get to them, we have a burning topic we have to talk about today, Sidge. Because I think many of us kind of assumed this was on its way to being wrapped up towards the end of last week. Kazuchika Okada is leaving New Japan, and I think many people just thought, well, it's almost a, a dead cert. He is heading to AEW. Reports today seem to suggest that's not the case. There's a bit of a bidding war going on. AEW are favourites. We've discussed this a little bit at the end of last week. Uh, where do you want him to go? Where do you think he's going to go? How do you see this one playing out? Well, I think it was Dave Meltzer who's reported that the decision simply has not been made. Um, he also reported, I believe, that AEW have made a better offer but WWE feel they can get him on the basis of the long-held dream of doing something big at WrestleMania. Um, look, if you were to say to me, and I used this again last week, you've got a £1,000 in your hand, it disappears in five seconds, quick, what do you put it on? I would say AEW. Mm. I would say AEW purely because he's worked there. There were reports that he worked that random tag alongside Orange Cassidy mm-hmm. against Danielson and Castagnoli with the idea being, this is how it goes. This is how you'll be treated if you come here and work the weekly schedule. Um, there's also the idea that he would not necessarily have to move to the States, which is another part of their sort of offering to Okada. Um Obviously, Okada was tight with Nakamura. That could work in WWE's favor. I'm doing the thing that all journals slash aggregators slash content creators do, where instead of telling you what's going to happen, if they don't know, <laughs> they will instead ramble about every permutation. <laughs> that's given us about three minutes of retention, so thank you very much, and thank you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I'll know. give you takes on where I want him to go and where I think mm. yeah. he would be best served. But in terms of where he's going, I know, I'm not on his head. <laughs> Dave Elts' reporting is, is yeah, that AW seems likely, but I have sources in WWE that say otherwise. So 
you could argue that he doesn't know. He, doesn't. he knows what he thinks yeah. and has reported what he's heard, and like that's what we go off when we're talking about it, and that's why you have these figures, I guess, in the media. It's I want what I th- what I'm starting to sense. More people have come to realise they want. Of course, I would say I want him to go to the Fed, but it's not just because I'm a, just a raving mark. It's <laughs> like I think you can line up a bunch of matches, scenarios, things you want to look at, all of the above. It's not just, I am a sucker for novelty factor, so I like brand spanking new, knowing full well that I'm going to get bored of it because new is only new once. I want it all the same. There is more than that. Mm. So I would have wanted the move, knowing full well it would have gone wrong with after the first match, within the first month, whatever, mm. pick your moment. I would have still wanted it in the doldrum years, just to look at it knowing that it was going to go wrong in a, a year and then call it and go and do something good with your career. I think it's fair to say in good faith that it's just simply not the case. No, and not enough people are really pointing this out. Yeah, you can line up. Like, so if I just say straight away CM Punk and Gunther, they're awesome because you have potential because you've yes. got matches, but they're just two of a bunch of them that are brand new in a completely new setting. I know Okada has wrestled on mainstream North American television, mm-hmm. but... He's not wrestled on mainstream sports entertainment television. <laughs> that will look weird. That will look different. He has talked about WrestleMania. He is a fabulous, big stage pro wrestler. And WrestleMania is the North American equivalent of the big stage of which Okada has looked a giant on all these years in New Japan. So there's every reason to think, wow, how incredible could that look? AW, I would argue, has maybe once, twice erected a stage that feels as massive as WrestleMania or Wrestle Kingdom does. So... You know, Wembley would be it for Okada, but WWE has it at WrestleMania, has all these international ones that look to mimic a WrestleMania mm. and the like. I think there are loads of cool reasons for me to pick WWE beyond the novelty of it. Uh, I just wonder if, yes, to Sidge's point, like the, the tag match is like, yep, yeah, this is how it goes in AEW, but, you know, being able to stay at home is a benefit. Tony Khan's open adoration will be seen as a good thing. He's like even if it feels like it might be going wrong with the, the six-week dynamite mm-hmm. loop, pure heart rule, I want you to be a massive star. I want you to have the best time you can possibly have. Loads of wrestlers will tell you they have the best time like working the best matches, the things they want to do in AEW, and you can trust in me that I have your best interests at heart. I don't think you can get that promise from WWE. A bunch of other stuff, but not that. Yeah, I'm trying to really determine what I want to see. And I don't want to do it through the lens of someone who watches this for a living, someone who has to watch these shows, because if I'm doing it purely from the perspective of Michael Sidgwick, the content creator for What Culture, I'd want to see a Carter in WWE. I want more reasons to enjoy WWE. I want more incentive to get up for these shows. And I don't want to bore people's tits off by regurgitating the same old crap, but I do need wrestlers that I like in that company because that company, through its presentation style, the way it creates stories, the way it scripts promos, I kind of need every incentive I've got that is divorced from the true reason people should want to see a Carter in promotion A or promotion B. That's because you think in your heart that that's the best place that will maximize his talents i don't think either it's weird with a carter man it's like i don't think either north american major is in the best position to maximize mm. his immense value at the same time if there's ever a time that you see it in football you see it in wrestling you see it in all sorts of entertainment mediums that person has done everything there is to do in that realm like jesus christ a carter's 
like average match length. I have not done the um, data, <laughs> but it's got to be what twenty two minutes. Yeah, on average, and that includes the row two tags. Like, <laughs> is is singles match median length has got to be like twenty five minutes. That doesn't account for what feels like so many 35 minutes you've just completely forgotten about. He has done everything there is to do. He has won the IWG title more times than anyone. I don't think he's got the most defense. No, no, he's defending it more times than anyone. I think Tanner's got one more reign. But it's yeah, he beat Tanner to take Tanner's like defense's record. record but I think Tanner's got one more reign. Either way, it's still more than most. Yeah, um, He did flirt brilliantly with that all right, okay, I'm the guy, and I'm maybe closer to the end than the beginning, and I just will defiantly swat back anyone who thinks they're coming for me, that ornery, bully, veteran Okada. This time last year was really captivating. Mm. They made a bodge of that. Just emphatically defeated Kiyomiya. It didn't feel like they picked up that thread nor wanted to deeper in the year. It was the most fascinating Okada has been in years. And, you know, they didn't really tug at that when there was lots and lots to explore. It just felt like more of the same. And it's weird. It's more of the same should be good, but it was just a lot. A lot of the epic, a lot of the back and forth. Um, Maybe that had as much to do with the relative failure of the first Danielson match where Okada's working a 30-minute dream match. That in itself, irrespective mm, of yeah. the opponent, didn't feel like that big a deal in retrospect. At the same time, he goes to WWE, and there's every chance they just don't get him. There's every chance that WWE as an entity just simply doesn't have peak New Japan, hold it in the same reverence as Tony Khan evidently does. Mm. Then he goes to AEW in the other alternate scenario. And, you know, you can make the jokes, or he'll be on... Uh, ROH in six weeks. That's obviously the really nihilistic way of looking at things, but at the same time, he is not the centerpiece of that promotion. He is not. You have got the best wrestler of his generation coming in to change the game. You've done it with Omega. You've done it with uh, CM Punk. You've done it with Danielson. You've done it. You haven't even done it yet with Will Ospreay. You know what I mean? You haven't even done that yet with Will Ospreay. It just minimizes opportunities for Swerve to really be the guy. Um, and again, I use this term, and I hate myself for it, the ecosystem, the narrative ecosystem of AEW has kind of been screwed. I talk a lot, too much to for some, about that just vaunted February 2020 period. And it's not just the vibe, it's not just the quality, it's the sense of meaning that just buttressed everything. Like, you could go back and watch, remember Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara? on Revolution, the take that everyone had, it was barely an insight, was, oh my God, this is a pay-per-view main event in five years. And mm-hmm. how cool is it to be on the ground floor? Yeah. How awesome is it to have that trust in the promotion? Simultaneously with MJF and Jungle Boy. Yes. All four. Yes. Yeah. And, then, and then, it's funny you use those two terms in addition, because what happened th- uh, three years later is that you actually got that main event and it didn't mean anything... <laughs> Yeah. Or didn't mean as much as it could have because in the meantime, you lost that ecosystem. It got completely thrown out of balance through mm. Punk, through Danielson. Oh, Takeshita's great. Give him, You know what I mean? There was just too much, too many talent. And now you don't have that feeling of, if I watch up, uh, Emerging Prospect A versus Emerging Prospect B on pay-per-view, you do not get that same sense of, oh, 
Mm. It's, it, this feels like it would have felt watching The Rock and Triple H work on Raw. I'm not saying they were going to be as stars as big as them. I'm just saying that in terms of where the characters were, it really felt, oh, this is the pay-per-view in two or three years' time. How cool is it to get in on the ground floor? That's gone. A Carter complicates it further. It's not just a Carter and how you present him in and of himself. If you cap his potential as a drawing card or as a who cares about the money if you're a fan, um, the idea of you're going to get the best out of him featured prominently and he could be the guy. You just it, it, he signed too many wrestlers too many months ago. Months might even be generous. Um, the big Okada problem is that I don't think he fits anywhere as best as a man of his talents can provide. I was thinking about this. I was also a bit of a spoiler for the Collision review, which will mm. come later. I watched... Mox versus Shane Taylor, and I just, the pervading, nagging thought I had, and the Okada signing in AEW, if it happens, I'm waffling, I know, if it happens, it just complicates us yet further. I'm watching Mox and Shane Taylor and thinking, wouldn't it be great if there was a viable third entity? That isn't TNA, frankly. That yeah. just isn't. Yeah. Because there's too much talent in these two American majors and that you're just going to watch a really cool breakthrough performance and want to watch that wrestler again and think, well, good luck, tough titties. It's not going to happen for another six weeks. <laughs> it's so funny. Wouldn't it be great if there was a third? If like, there was an ECW? It's, yeah. just, it's like funny because obviously at the worst of the Monopoly years, you're like, oh, God, we need an opposition. And then we get the Michael Scott paper company. And then there's that bit where, like, Michael Scott's like, I'm sick of these. I'm going to leave and form my own paper company. <laughs> and, like, it's like, you can imagine, like, John Moxley leading the charge of that I, of that third organization where it's like, you know, the politics of AEW got a bit much. So I'm freaking out on my yeah. own. And Chris, I, just, I want to do your podcast. We're kind of less guys. I just wish I was the third now. It it's, needs a third. I was, with regards to Okada and AEW and why, don't get me wrong, I think Okada is a guy that for a while, would be the, oh my God, that match. It would give you that feeling like, mm. it's still there with Adam Copeland a little bit, that Copeland-Minora Suzuki graphic. There's the feeling. I was like, oh my yeah. God, that's, I want to watch that or at least want to look at it like, for the duration of the entrances and in the first couple of minutes. Let's see how this goes. Okada's got that, like, Okada versus Shibata on Dynamite. Oh my God. Uh, like, Okada Omega, there it is. Yeah. We never got it. We never got back to it. Get well soon, Kenny Omega, and then there it is. You know, like, and it's, if he signs... That's all anybody's going to be able to think about. And that's such an awesome thing for AEW to have in the back pocket. And something they've earned because they've kept, they've preserved the myth of Kenny Omega to the point where you would bring him back immediately. You could headline a paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, an unfortunate, we've talked, uh, I don't want this to come across too generous to Tony Khan, but in the period of him giving everybody, <laughs> giving mm. everybody everything, and that is a great thing, a setback or a flaw of a positive working relationship with New Japan is that a bit like when they signed Will Ospreay, it just doesn't feel as sensational as mm -hmm. it might have done when there wasn't one to speak of. When the door was actually forbidden, this would have felt huge. Okada going to WWE, massive, a jump in the proper sense of the word. Like he has chosen to leave the place where he like made his name and became an enormous star, and then he's picked the other side. Like AEW, is, uh, it's not a forbidden door, is it? It's like a... An automatic door, like he just walks through with, like, oh, here's our promotion in America. Yeah, and then like you could, he could realistically sign for AEW and work Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, that's the reality yeah. of the Forbidden Door now, and and it's good, and it's good that that relationship is solid and way better than when we were itching for them to fix what was broken when AEW first launched. But I think that's where some of the anticipation feels a bit drained from these big New Japan moves. Not my take. Not my take, and I forget who it was, so I don't want to 
mention them in case they don't deserve the credit. <laughs> I, think was, I think it was the lovely Ibu of Wrestle Purists who pointed out on X, like, what does Forbidden Door look like now? What does Forbidden Door look like in mm. 2024? Aye. Naito versus someone, that's still, mm-hmm. as much as he just didn't seem to care about Forbidden Door 2023, if he's the champ and he's got, a, they haven't done the big time Naito singles match, right? They haven't done that. What else does it look like? Tanahashi, I love him, breaks my heart to say, MGF, did what he could, and they had the best match possible, but it was never a main event. Mm. Um, so Tanahashi, no. Naito singles, yes. Shingo singles, he's been, again, New Japan hasn't been very good the last couple of years. They've not done much with Shingo to preserve him as like a proper top-tier guy. Shingo in a singles, it's not Okada in a singles. It just worked, Mox. Aye. That's one of the best you would have had, and they've Aye. just done it. Musketeers, nowhere near yet. Nowhere near yet. I'm getting a lot of tell don't show with the Musketeers. I'm willing them on. I, mm. I, I want incentives to watch good wrestling. What does Forbidden Door Nick 2024 Nemeth? look like? I mean, I'm not being funny, but however, I'm not Dyson's saying ZSJ2. They're doing oh, it in they're Japan. Doing it, yeah. They're doing so it, it in Japan, third, yeah. and yeah. it would still be a sequel. The yeah. whole point of Forbidden Door is that you don't want uh, sequels. Mm. You want matches that are more captivating than first-time meetings between wrestlers in the same promotion. That's the lure of Forbidden Door. Ironically, Okada leaving just brings into focus how everything's kind of broken in New Japan Pro Wrestling at the moment. Him taking on a New Japan wrestler as, as an AEW roster <laughs> member. Well, that's that's Jungle Boy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jungle Boy versus Okada on the AEW. <laughs> but I, that just underscores something. It's like, what does that look like this yeah. year? Before we get to the, the questions that everyone sent in, thank, thanks again for that. Does the timing of this affect anything? Like, he's his contract runs to the end of January. He's working that show mid-February still, so don't expect him in the Royal Rumble. But is there any way that WWE goes, we can't screw this up. You sign with us mid-February and we'll put you in a Mania match in a month and a half. I, you could try. Yeah. You could absolutely try. It would be... Um, it would be bold of WWE to do it rather than to test him a little bit and save him for, say, the Raw after WrestleMania or as one of the big new stars of the upcoming new season. And then you have a whole year for the fan base who may have never heard or seen of him to get used to him, to learn to love him to the point where the WrestleMania match next year mm. is, is his... And, it like, and a motivating factor for a pro wrestler as well. There is the argument... Like, I don't want to speak to Okada's motivations, but hypothetically, if he gets the red carpet rollout and a WrestleMania match, might he then down tools? Might he then feel like, great, I got it straight away. Let's just settle into, and no sh- shade on any wrestler for trying to take it easy, like on a grueling house show mm. schedule when your body is, the, the work, the things he has done with his body over the last 10 years, the man deserves a bit of a rest. So I wouldn't even judge him for it. But if you're WWE, I don't know, like as a fan, I oh, get him on WrestleMania. That'd be incredible. Like while he's absolutely white hot to one section of the fan base and an intriguing brand new wrestler for another section of the fan base, I think that's a perfect cocktail mm. for WrestleMania myself. WWE might see it differently. One thing, are you sitting comfortably? I want to say something nice about Triple H here. One thing about Triple H is that he does a he's a better promoter, I think, than Booker slash storyteller. Um he's gonna again, I'm sorry. So bored of myself saying this. He's really good at the basics of promotion and making those stars over and feel like stars through emphasis, presentation, whatever. Triple H has got a point now where because he's really effective at his job, he could go to a carder and pitch. Well, obviously, you know, we've got the title matches planned. Uh, so you're not involved in that picture yet. But look at these names mm. who you could wrestle and have a sought after allegedly 
WrestleMania moment with Triple H is really good at keeping people over, getting people over, casting them as stars, where he's got well over a handful of guys that a Carter could wrestle mm. and it would He'll feel quite big. He'll be a favourite for the Rumble this time next year. Yeah, yeah. But I say, this year, you could have Sami Zayn, Drew McIntyre, yeah. Kevin Owens, like a lot of names that Triple H is just good at booking. Finn Balor doing some kind of revisit there. There's a lot that they could do. Right, let's dive into the, the questions that people have been sending on YouTube. Uh, thank you to everyone. Uh, actually, let's start with a question from OG Stem Cell, who says, my girlfriend really enjoys the new na- nickname you gave her. Got a huge pap from Mrs. Stem Cell. <laughs> Is Okada versus Cody the best option if Cody doesn't finish the story? They didn't have the best chemistry, no. but totally different Cody now. Totally different Cody. In New Japan Pro Wrestling, Cody was clever enough to realize I can't compete with the moves that these wrestlers have. He did a lot of stalling in his matches um, with the realization that moves with the Z, him not doing them would be a good source of heat. Mm -hmm. And I think it was a bit self-conscious, and then he eventually became the guy who did, in fact, master the spaces between moves instead of exploiting them for, like, a sort of a superficial heat tactic. What I'm arriving at here is that Cody Rhodes is an exponentially better wrestler now than he ever was in New Japan when he crossed paths with the Carter, and it would be a lot better now if it would have happened. He's just 10 times the biggest star, 100 times the biggest star. Like the jump from New Japan to AEW in terms of star power was Vast, yeah. let alone now, where he's an even bigger star. So I wouldn't rely. And like it's a car; he doesn't have very good matches. He has great matches with anyone, realistically, when he's dialed in. I've, I've seen him have great matches with Farley. Like <laughs> yeah. that match would look much better now. The problem with that, to Cedric's point about Triple, Carter would have to win. Well, to Cedric's point about Triple H, the promoter, that is such a better match in execution than I think a lot of fans would buy in the promotion, mm. it's still hard for me to wrap my head around the idea that Cody Rhodes isn't facing Roman Reigns to the title at WrestleMania. But if people aren't given that, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I think a sizable portion of the fan base will want something that feels equal to it. And you only get that from Okada probably halfway through the match when a bunch of people will be like, oh my God, yes. this guy is awesome. This match is going great. The feeling on the road to WrestleMania will be like, Cody has been relegated and relegated hard. And I just... You'd have to lose as well. And he would have to lose on the night. And that the fact that he's not getting the title match stands to be damaging enough if he's not doing it here. Him playing the Seth role two years after not winning the title, yeah. that would tell... That sends a bad message. Yeah. Yeah. As much as we as a as our sort of corner of the fan base know that would kick ass. Mm. Like it's, I think that's a really hard sell to a quite a large portion of WWE's audience. Uh, ben Johnson, thank you for your question. Questions, actually, Ben. Uh, says, how do the return of the rankings translate into each title? Last time out, it was easier in the men's division with just two singles titles. Yeah. I think we're going to go a little bit deeper on this in the collision review. I don't know, but I'm very, very, very interested to find out. The dirty secret about the rankings is that I always love the idea of them more than the actual execution. Sometimes AEW didn't adhere to their own rankings. Mm -hmm. They've used it as an absolutely phenomenal storytelling effect before, but selectively, I think, at times. And even with the introduction of the TNT title, that was a bit easier because they had a really great booking um, workaround in that it was the Open Challenge title and it didn't really factor into the rankings so much. And then the byproduct of that was he got 
that really cool, well, when it was still a novelty in AEW of who's going to turn up. Mm. And the answer to that turned out to be everyone. <laughs> <laughs> On a fortnightly basis, it would seem. But at the time, it was like, oh, Eddie Kingston, oh, Ricky Starks. Oh, Christ, that's awesome. Who hasn't been used on TV who can yeah. get elevated? Sonny Kiss, that was great. So that worked with one title in addition to the world in terms of the singles men picture just about at the start. But with the, all, with the international and the continental, I, I don't know. I'd have to think about it. And I'm, that's the hope is that this has been in the, in the works for longer than an impulsive social media yeah. announcement. Yeah. They've been you'd, teasing it. You'd like to think that they would have it planned out. I don't know what it looks like. Potential for awkwardness now that the initial excitement has subsided. What used to really bother me about the bad faith critics of the rankings was that, yes, I understand it can be annoying if it's not adhered to. And as regular viewers of Dynamite, something, for example, like like the FTR running joke, that became problematic as a viewer because you're like, hang on, you're breaking the rules of your own universe, not factoring them into the title shot. Totally fair. Because it's not time yet. Yeah. What the rankings for such a long time brought you, which, again, don't cater to people that don't really care about your show anyway. What it brought you was like a, f- like a philosophy within the company that the rankings did matter. I would keep it fairly simple. The rankings directly correlate to a world title shot. But as you're on your way to winning that title, the rankings highlighting that you're winning a lot more than you're losing also shows that you or have... Or your run of undefeated. Yeah, yeah, shows that you are deserving yeah. and have the momentum to easily get a justified shot at Orange Cassidy International or whoever's the TNT champion, whatever. Like, don't, don't just now tell me. The example, was it Willow or Nightingale? just lost a shot, you're yeah. getting another yes. shot. You can't now tell me that somebody just deserves one just because mm. the rankings exist for you to book that person to deserve one so that, yes, even though she's just lost that title match, look how well she's been getting on lately. You absolutely can valid, like, can, like make that title shot mm. valid. It's, uh, it honestly helps. The Hangman Page example that we all love with the Brian Cage one is an example of the rankings directly impacting yes. someone's booking. But ultimately, it just makes it feel like everybody is either winning or losing and decisions get made as a result of that. It's a it's a way to govern so many more wrestlers in a roster that desperately needs it. Mm. Like we wouldn't it wouldn't feel as bloated if you knew who the current winners and losers who were. Who do I invest in? You don't. You never know who's really on an upward trajectory and who's not in AEW and this is going to fix that. Remind me with two words, well one word, head cannon for the collision review, okay? All right then. Head cannon because I've got a point to make. Ben also asks another question. What happens long-term with the PC? They recruit each year with NIL and indie talent. Will this lead to a lot of people waiting to go up or being released? Releases, realistically. I would much rather we, like Tony Khan has tried, to his credit, to bring back this idea of contracts actually meaning something. Like, see out your time. It, people don't get released. They just get a three-year deal and they see out the An three-year ex- deal. Un- unless the circumstances have been exceptional, yeah. he's done it every single time. And that, for me, would be the perfect world scenario really for WWE because I, I think the next in line system has proven more effective than oh Triple yeah. H watching PWG so <laughs> have have both you know have the fact that now AEW exists Receda Paul yeah like to get AEW exists to show talent that might not be happy there that you can sign from AEW the indies so, like so it's, it's not a great time for the indies but somebody might break through so then you've got next in line as this whole X mm. factor of a talent like a Tiffany Stratton that might emerge as sort of a best of both worlds and if the main roster is no longer seeming like the place where talents are thriving, 
then you've got AEW, then you've got those indies, and the cycle just yeah. It's, we're never going to get the territories, but I think there's an approximation of it where talent are tre- fairly by the market leader, and I think that's the way to do it. Uh, Matt Rain says, good afternoon, brothers. Afternoon, Matt. Uh, it feels like the right steps are being made to bring the power back to AEW. Outside of booking the women's division better, what else can they do? See you in 75 days, King. See you soon. Looking forward to it. Um, on the power being back and the feeling being restored, it's almost awkward how many times we're hearing those phrases. It should be this organic thing. I'm a little bit suspicious. I've said before... I need this to happen, this being really consistent television for like a matter of months Yes, before I can go into a dynamite with that true old, oh, this is going to be awesome, excitement. Um, Part of the problem, which I've again discussed at length, is that they've done everything. And part of the problem with promotion is that it's all in anticipation. How can you anticipate things you've already seen over the past four years? Tony Khan has left himself very little to do in terms of, like, noble failure in terms of promotion. He's got really excited, bless him. <laughs> he got really excited about all the stars he could sign, all the philosophies he could bring back. And I think he's done everything. Anticipation lasts so much longer than the end product as well. Yeah, yeah. Like Kenny Omega and Hangman Page is not just a great match at Full Gear. It's two plus yeah. years of being uh, excited about that match. Yeah. And that's what's been missing, I think. The thing is, as well, is if you notice what's going on in AEW, is that it's pretty much... I don't want to like really bury it, but any soccer fans will understand this analogy where they've basically brought in, through these returning philosophies, or having someone like Joe, who no one dislikes, who everyone receives as credible, as champion, he's got... It's pretty basics of let's do some stuff that no one can really criticize. It's not really ambitious. It's not very bold. He's doing a lot of basics, and he's, in Joe, picked a custodian who's not likely to polarize opinion, who everyone kind of likes. And that, to me, is clever because it sort of gets rid of the criticism that has been like really concentrated on AEW last year. But at the same time, that's not necessarily the AEW I know and fell in love with. That really bold, experimental alternative. They're doing some basic things well, and that's good, and it makes for good TV. I don't think you can just quite so easily recapture the flair. That, you know that flair that AEW had, yeah. where they just really got you hooked on a match? That's still not there for me. And it might come with time, and they might just have to lay the platform, that's rediscover it, it? what... Um, the company wants to do, at the minute, it feels like, do I want to use the word cynical here? Maybe it feels, it's a good kind of cynical, but cynical nonetheless of right. How do we put things in place, values in place, talent in place, like Joe, who I've just said, like no one really hates. They are putting things in place to create the platform for the feeling to come back, but it does feel a little bit like safety moves, you know what I mean? Like Joe, yeah, the rankings coming back. It's a bit tell don't show that it's slightly are trying to deflect criticism, prevent criticism without going full ball into this really intriguing new period. It's good but safe, I would describe this so called resurgence. I feel as though, and Swerve is the best example, but there are others. I think if you look at the women's division, maybe, I think they've accepted, they, Tony Khan, who knows, have accepted that the original foundations of AW sort of crumbled in 2023. So they're using all those things you've just described to try and hide the planting of new ones. You can't really 
create that proper change, that proper change without establishing the new foundations first, like every time over the decades, the monopoly years, WWE told you, this is brand new, everything's going to be great again. It wasn't because it was like built on sand, yeah. it, ultimately. It took Vincent Mann to leave. That's the upbringing mm. of the old foundations and the start of the new ones. Like, And I think AEW have had to manufacture that, but you can't just do that and not have other people-pleasing things taking place. And I think that's why, as you say, Joe is a very good strategic choice, but he's not the guy yet. It's almost like, hide that you're building the foundations, then belt swerve and be like, oh my God, there yeah. it is. I didn't yeah. even notice that they were kind of... And the rankings a part of both in a way because I think the rankings is a like a fan friendly move but I do think long term like a huge huge benefit to the company cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states United Healthcare short term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible budget friendly coverage for you learn more at UH1.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Steve Nicola, Kapoulis. It was always going to be a day Try when that again. <laughs> Steve Nicola Kapoulis. AKA Edward Shiraz hands. Apologies there, Steve. Says, G'day, verified non virgins. <laughs> True. Uh, in honor of Ricardo being a legend Fuck. and quite rightfully a sought after talent, how would he fit into the NXT universe? That's where he should go. We've worked it out. Just for one night, if AEW goes head-to-head with NXT. What was the question? I was too busy popping Nicholas. Uh, Okada going to NXT. That'd be good. <laughs> I've read sentiment along these lines on social media. I'm as cynical as it gets when it comes to WWE. Like, just really cynical about their motivations as a company, their ability to do things, how much they want to, for example, build a foundation of a relationship maybe one day with New Japan or whatever. <laughs> Or like, I don't know, they're not putting a card in NXT. No. I think if they propose that to a carder, he will quite rightly tell them to hit the bricks. Yeah. It's not happening. This is me saying it as well. It's he's not going to NXT. Do you think you'd have like flashbacks to TNA? I know he popped up in TNA a while back and it's all sorted now, but I one taping down there and just being backstage while a couple like Chase U takes place, something he's standing there. Oh my god, what if you went to Chase U? He might do. You know what you, you know what's more Just, you know what's more likely, right? Let's get you in a red jumper. Hmm? What's more likely, he's not going to do NXT, Carter. He's way more likely to do that 
intensive period with Curtis Axel. So Curtis yeah. Axel, who usually Aye. does the Logan Paul training for in example. The warehouse. Yeah, away yeah. From, I think yeah. it's way, 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 way more um realistic for him to do that. Ronda Rousey, um, Logan Paul. I'm not saying like he needs training from scratch like they did. I'm just saying it's just way better optics wise. For, and to get the most out of him. You don't want him to think, oh, he's just some guy who needs a little time in NXT. I think, like, right, there's a certain way of doing things, yeah. and you have to learn them. That's the WWE yeah. way. It's not my bloody way. Camera's there. There's enough AEW people who've realized where the big camera is with the <laughs> bloody thing. I'm doing it right now. And, Nicholas, if you want to switch it over to there, I know how to do it. It's pretty <laughs> easy. It's a red light. You get told where it is. You never see anyone in AEW who's never really had national TV mm. exposure. <laughs> it kind of comes natural to them or alternatively you could just say do what you want and we'll find you mm. with a camera that's the gift of a camera that's how it works it's more likely that they'll say right this is how you do your entrance this is kind of what we need you to do in terms of your entrance and like working style a little bit more homogenized mm. they'll give him Curtis Axel till the end of the season like he's not going to NXT or there's a car park scene with some villains. You've got me. Go on. Hang on. Some villains appear about to strike a popular baby face in the car park. Oh, not the no-quarter catch crew. Indeed. Yes, perfect. The most dangerous place in all of wrestling, of course, the NXT car park. And it's it looks it's Tuesday, pre- yeah. Give me a baby face. Duke <laughs> uh, Hudson. Yeah, Duke Gladdy Hudson. It's looking pretty bleak for Duke Hudson because the no-quarter catch crew are out there. But then, all of a sudden, storm clouds gather. <gasps> The weatherman's here. The clouds are coming over, and the no quarter catch crew are like, oh no, we didn't bring our cagoules, our waterproofs. Of course. We'll save this attack for another time. And then A they, rainy day. They're like, scram. And then Duke Hudson's like, thanks, the rainmaker. And he points up, Brilliant. and there's Kazuchi Okada, the literal rainmaker. He makes rain. And bigger, like, expanding this out more. Yeah, that's I mean, we're all, we're all three of us are into this. Yeah. Expand this out more. Yep. Bad enough on Tuesdays. He makes, uh, he develops this friendship. Wednesdays, that matter. And, and they, what, they, they take this tone on Wednesdays. Too. What, um, what does he make happen when he used to do his entrance in New Japan? What he used to rain down? Money. What's Chase? You got a problem with right now? Money. Here you go. You're welcome, Kazuchika. Sorted it for you. Um, <laughs> but seriously, a bit like when like the dead man showed up. That building <laughs> is such a weird build. Like, I'm still waiting for Punk to work anyway. Once when, oh, Co- yeah. when Cody was like, "I'm the guest GM," apparently that's what happens. <laughs> like any wrestler of like such a global renown or like huge popularity in that building looks so weird. So I welcome that if he does sign for WWE after after he. Oh yeah, yes. yeah. Not he doesn't go there. He doesn't go there regularly. <laughs> he just turns up when it's Super Tuesday, or whatever yeah. the thing is. <laughs> Uh, Yoan Benton says, in terms of the women's division in AEW, I described TK cooking in previous years as microwave dinners. I think that's fair, Yoan. Um, but is it fair to say that he's now cracking eggs on the stove? Oh, well, he's doing something. Yeah, he's doing something. That's a bit more than first title defense against Emi Sakura. <laughs> no offense yeah. to Emi Sakura. She should get booked more often. Yes. Yeah. Um, it does feel like there's been a acknowledgement that it's piss. <laughs> that it's so apathetic and that he's trying to, within the small window, either give in to him or what he gives himself, that there's a little bit more of a picture, of a, a, a storyboard where one character 
has a hint of an interaction with another character who's associated with a bigger character, a bigger star, and a bigger match will be made on the back of it. I'm talking specifically about the Mariah May, yeah. how that led to Pirazzo, what's that building towards revolution. A bit more is going on, but it's a, it's that take I give about I need three months of it just being great and reassuring that I can finally just get into it on that 2023, on that 2020, 2021 basis. With the women, it'll take like six months. <laughs> Yeah, the I second need six months of really, really good stuff. No, it isn't. I think I think it's coming really soon, but it's meaningless. Like I think it'll be it'll be a the second match. Yeah, people will like go ballistic on X for it, and it'll happen once and then not again. But they'll have done away with. They've done it on Collision already. I love you now. Well, indeed, they'll do away with this. Like, which was the first sign. Oh, they don't really care about Collision that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes. it's terrible. Isn't it? I know. Like, it's awful. That'll be like this. This hideous record in Dynamite's history finally gone. And people will see it as like another, they'll start doing their bulleted lists in ex-engagement posts and it'll then go away again. And yeah, like even I'm just like less discerning than Sidge. So like it wouldn't take me as long to think, oh yeah, AEW's pretty great again. But with the women, oh, like six months minimum, year, realistically, you'd need to see one full good year before mm. you could believe that they're taking it seriously. Brandon Pathune says, hello lads, thoughts on Darby Allen's direction after Revolution and Sting's retirement. Could he still be AEW champion sometime in the future? He's too good for his own good as Darby Allen. He's <laughs> simply too good for his own good. I made the argument in a What Culture video that he's the best wrestler in the world right now. Um, in lieu of Kenny Omega being injured and not pushed to his maximum, I, I think he's even better than Danielson on current form. Um... He's too valuable. He's simply too good. He's so great at making any wrestler he's in that ring with have their best day of the year by far. He is too valuable. I don't I think I don't know if it's apocryphal, but I think that the quote is attributed to Terry Funk, whether he said it himself or not. Don't get too good at doing jobs. <laughs> because you'll you'll just get made to do them. If you're good like how how many times, and it's a noble failure of their vision and their philosophy, how many times have we seen AEW and these vampiric-like sort of veterans, sorry for the alliteration, hmm. try and say, I'll give them the rub. Work with me. You'll, go, you'll be better leaving the ring than you were entering it. They try and do that kind of match so often mm. where the star, and this is the collision formula these days, the star, and it's, Always been a huge part of AEW's booking philosophy, way more pronounced than ever on Collision, where the top star goes against a mid-carder, a rookie, or whatever. Give them the rub. Give them half the match. How often does it work? How often does it work? Like, it would be nice if it worked more often. It's a nice thing to try. How often does this work? Very, very rarely. And it's a shame, because AEW was kind of counting on this to work more than it did. It just doesn't. It's not how it works. That's the epiphany I've had over the past four or five years. Darby Allen. You get Kanosuke Takeshita. I'm not saying Kanosuke Takeshita is not a massive star, potentially, in and of himself, or he hasn't been one before in DDT. You put him against Darby Allen, I'm strapping him up. Just put, the, put the belt on him. I watch Darby Allen work Jeff Hardy and go, jeez, I thought he was finished. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe he isn't. He is. It's just Darby. Um, I think, though, Darby's so marketable, he's so exciting, and he's so at this point respected that if they were to launch him as, 
you know what? You're going to get a title run. I think people will be open to it. Yeah. He's just simply, he's either too good for his own good or just simply so good that if it was to happen and they do finally commit that push to him, people would go, has anyone earned it more than him? Yeah. Yeah, I, well, no, at this point, especially in like AEW law, for as young a company as it is. He has the Foley match, sorry, huh? the Foley match, you know the ones, Triple H, Orton, Edge, right, on a bit of a smaller scale, that is the match Darby Allen simply has. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, ridiculous. Makes monsters out of regular wrestlers, if, if that's what's needed of them that week. Cody Rhodes in 2018 and 2019 had that wrestling Midas touch of spinning any old bobbins into something you could market. And then the marketing line kind of became the... T-shirts, the bears. Yeah, like the marketing became an ethos. And for a while there, I would say in 2019 and 2020, being undeniable was a thing. And you could like it was a way in which she sort of labelled a particular wrestler. And why that's such a valuable label is because not many people are it, realistically. It's a big label to carry. Mm. Cody was bold enough to carry it and then prove it. Darby Allen is one of the few in wrestling that is undeniable, especially within the context of AEW. Like, I love and think you can't afford to miss with Swerve Strickland right now. Yeah. But it only takes a couple of weeks, and I'm talking, like, right now where we're at with Swerve Strickland, where, like, right around World's End, I was, like, undeniable. And then he had that thing with Dustin Rhodes, and I was like... Deniable. A little bit less so. <laughs> is he deniable, in fact? Deniable. And it's deniable. It's such a tightrope. It's such a tightrope. And that's the thing. That's Darby Allen. It's sweating me. Deniable typical of Darby Allen, he walks that tightrope on a unicycle yeah. backwards. It, like, he is... That's another problem with having so many guys. Because yeah. if one person who's pegged to be that top guy has a world's end, you think, what's Takeshita doing? <laughs> <laughs> what is Takeshita doing? Because he's going, so... Yeah. Uh, Killian Farrell, thank you for your first thank ever you. super chat. Uh, Killian says, Hi Dudleys, what is the biggest what if storyline of the last few years that was most derailed by an injury? For me, it has to be CM Punk's uh, AW first championship run, or better than you, baby. It, I'll go with a slightly different answer to that, but this, with the same problem ultimately. I, to this day, like, I, I quite like CM Punk. I think I've mentioned that on a podcast before, but I feel sorry for MJF and what came of everything in Brawl Out like you there. Ultimately, the forgotten party of it all was MJF as the devil, and which sounds sillier now than it used to, but MJF as the devil and coming back the way he did and the thought they put into the Tony Khan voicemail and the way he went away and all that sort of stuff. That was a, that counts, right? Because CM Punk was injured. Mm -hmm. We don't think about that as an injury break. We think about it as something else. Um, but an injured CM Punk... What happens if he's not injured? Does he well, come back as quickly as the elite, pretend that nothing happens? A, a, a Punk without an injury and no brawl out can still cut promos and they can still tell an amazing last chapter of the story and just delay the match. Mm -hmm. And you still get it. You like I have faith in them two to make that work, even if Punk's still carrying an injury and they have to wait till, say, a revolution a year on from the dog mm. collar match, and that's when you do the match. And it got lost, and they never got it back. So for me, the big what-if is that original ego trip. If he doesn't decide to jump into the crowd and break his foot, that's the biggest what-if for me. What does that run look like? Mm. Um, do these same problems faster? Yes, they do. We know now that AEW was like institutionally just not going to resolve that with the way we uh, that everything unfolded and the collision and they're like putting the email in the folder and all the rest of it. Like it just doesn't get resolved. It just festers, right? That the brutal potential truth about the reboot of Punk versus MGF that didn't happen, right? 
is that if you look back on things, which is hard because there was nothing to look back on, it was instantly like swept aside by the drama. The original beats of that like rebooted story weren't good. That all-out ladder match that MGF just walked into. What if someone just won? <laughs> Oh, yeah, what, if some, what the thing is, what, what if someone just climbed that yes. ladder and won and he's stuck in that devil mask and they've paid money for Rolling Stones? Yeah. Obviously, that's not how it happens. Yes. But it's fake that it does, yeah. you know? Then, and again, you've forgotten these lads existed, you have the firm. Was he simply just going to have CM Punk versus Big Bill? CM Punk and... Oh, I could be friends with Dax Harwood. Me and them can work the guns because they were in the firm originally mm-hmm. as well. CM Punk versus Ethan Page, the Gauntlets. I'm not getting excited about that. Mm-hmm. I don't That's think it, I don't think it would have been as good, personally. I just or at least it wouldn't have started as well, and they would have probably, in AEW fashion, listened to the criticism and went, "Oh, you know what? Gauntlet against the firm who aren't very good slash over. Oh, this is not very good. Scramble, better idea. Mm-hmm. Not." Not beyond the realms of possibility in AEW, but the omens for that second chapter of Punk MGF, I don't think were very good. Maybe, yeah, you may be right. I I always remember from when they got back to it as, as I suppose as quickly as they did, considering that it wrapped up at Revolution with a dog collar. But I loved. The, I think it was the next Dynamite where MGF just threw away a comment that. I will ruin your life, mm. CM Punk, and it was never going to be over. And I It'll still, be embarrassing. I'm going to cost you that title, yeah. and it's going to be humiliating for you. And it made me feel good about AEW because I just thought the guts on that. You delivered the payoff of all payoffs in a storyline that most people, a lot of people consider one of the best in wrestling history. And the first thing you do is set up bringing it back. Yeah. <laughs> I thought like this, what a promotion, what a company to be able to have the confidence. What an office. Yeah. <laughs> the confidence in your wrestlers and your storytelling ability and all that sort of stuff. And you might be right, like the firm was nothing to get excited about and Tony Khan was still banging it with gauntlet phase. So maybe it would have just been that. And at what point would the charm of CM Punk wrestles a guy? Because we got it during the revolution build. It just happened to be good. Yeah, well, this is it. Like at what point would the charm of CM Punk wrestles a guy wear off now he's actually won the belt because all of that was to build up to yeah. actually winning the title it's like how do you yeah like, i wonder if punk would have like there would have been a pay-per-view opponent for cm punk while the mjf program like bubbles under and i get like that that i would have just loved to have yeah. looked at that and as ever as ever the correct answer is what if brett emerged from wcw unscathed as a wrestler yeah. near enough in his prime or probably being being Brett, so good that he'd probably even better, mm-hmm. like deep into his forties. What does the Fed run look like? Yeah, I want to say, uh, if well, I suppose it's less injury, more illness. What, what happens if Roman doesn't miss day one? Brock's not putting that match. Biggie's still you world and champion. day one. Well, he loses the belt. <laughs> he, can't, can't. Yeah. he loses the belt by all reports, doesn't he? Mm. Brock beats him in their straight one on one, and that's your title reign over. And then Christ knows what. Like, yeah. <laughs> like even then, like determined, they've actually fixed Roman Reigns by doing the simplest thing that people don't do, do for years, and then they kill him again for Brock. <laughs> this was terrible, wasn't it? Yeah, he was, he was the, the worst, worst guy of all time. Worst guy. Uh, right, we've got a lot of questions to get through. We only need ten minutes to do it, so I'm mm-hmm. going to try and fly through these. Kid Icarus actually asks a couple. Uh, I'll start with the second one, weirdly. 
Uh, since I don't normally catch you live, I'm asking a second question, says Kid Icarus. Have you seen the Iron Claw? And if so, thoughts? I thought Zach was phenomenal in it. And overall, it was a fantastic biopic. Uh, highly recommend. I've not seen it yet. I've not seen it yet. Really? I didn't get screened. I looked at Gateshead View, which is our local cinema, just oh, down the road, really? actually. I couldn't find a listing for it. I was really it's not hoping. It's happened yet, is why. Oh, right. So it's like February over here. Ah, selected okay. cinemas. February the 9th. Right, I'm going to basically tell the missus. On a weeknight... I'm going to see The Iron Claw. I want to take my wife and say, got a film. It's about a wrestling family. Oh, that sounds pretty dull. No more story. Like, That's oh, not nice. No, spo- no, no spoilers to make the, for the most dramatic. You've got you to say it's not a nice one, at least. Oh, yeah, of course. I'm not going to say it. And, and, hey, he win, and he wins. Fighting with tie, my yeah. family. <laughs> you know Starring you the heartthrob, Zach Efron. Zac Efron. <laughs> yeah. right, well, it'd be Jeremy Allen White. That's, yeah, that'll yeah. be the sales pitch. Yeah. I think that's why Francis once watched it there. Taps that hard. <laughs> I really fancy watching this thing called The Bear. Isn't it cooking, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Disney Plus was cooking when it made The Bear. Or uh, effects or whatever. Kid Icarus also says, uh, good day, gents. Uh, what are your bucket list venues slash events? I've done daily in the place. Rumble, uh, but I have a lot more. Mania, MSG, Chicago, Tokyo Dome, Wembley, Dadley's Live, Cut, come to Atlanta, please. Nice. Just to name some big ones, we'll try. Daily's Place, I know it's lame, but I needed to watch that show there. Just what a vibe. Like, what a time to be outdoors. Um, that's Floridian heat. Being fortunate to do MSG, I'd happily go there the, again. The architecture of that building, it's like, why don't you just make all of them look like that? Mm-hmm. Like, I've gone from the Barclays to MSG and had, like, a sickening experience <laughs> where I didn't feel comfortable at all going down some stairs to MSG just for, like, palatial mm, in yeah. contrast. I want to do Corquin, obviously. Um, I don't know if I've ever fancied the dome, View, got that the sight lines look a bit the rubbish. The sight lines look a bit rubbish. The atmosphere, apparently, if you're too high up. I remember Dave famously went early 20... He did the 2020 Wrestle Kingdom before the world changed. Mm-hmm. And he re-rated a match because he couldn't hear any heat from where he was. And then when he watched it on tape, it was oh, so much better because he could hear those front rows. Apparently, it carries in such a weird way that it has to be completely deafening for it to go up. And if it's just quite hot, you hear nothing. Um, a soccer Joe Hall... Um, I think Kenny Omega raves about the acoustics of that building oh, and how you can get it rocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just looks great. So, Osaka Joe Hall and Daly's Place, if I had to pick two. Daly's Place, The Sphere. Oh, have really done wrestling there, well, yeah. Especially wrestling. They haven't done it yet, but they will. I'd like to see wrestling in Canada. I don't have a specific venue, but I've always... And I think this works both ways. Arena Mexico I want to go to as well. There's a bit of a kinship, I think, between Canadian fans and British fans. I don't know if it's a Commonwealth thing or what, but like... It's and it's a Brett thing from being a kid and just mm. holding Calgary in such esteem. The Sky Dome was the site of my first WrestleMania that I ever watched first time round at WrestleMania six. It was hot as balls yeah, for that looks, as well. Looks beautiful. Hot as balls on a summer day. Uh, <laughs> I want to go to Arena Mexico. I can't pretend to follow CMLL yeah. like very, very, very closely. But every time I dip my toe in, I just want to be transported into that building. Now, although I wouldn't have wanted to go in twenty eighteen, the Manhattan Center. I just wanted, wouldn't want to pay four digits for <laughs> watching a screen at Raw 25. Regular well, ass Raw, yeah, in New Orleans, yeah, but not the Manhattan Center. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> rumble, rumble, rumble. I mean, always want to go to a rumble. Yeah, I attend a rumble, any venue. Uh, Sailor Emma says, Fed fever is going around, might even be in Japan if Kazuchiro Okada has Fed fever. What is Dr. Fed's prescription? Uh, a prescription of a very, very satisfying several-year contract. Like, no illness, no infection, nothing but happy life. 
Just Daryl says, what's the better match, Joe Hook or Mox Uta? Mox Uta. Your match of the year, wasn't it? Mox Uta was my 2022 match of the year. Oh, my God. I just felt... That's all the face of God. And that was the feeling. The feeling is, yeah. I know FDR and the Young Bucks had an absolutely ripping match on television. Guess what? There was something on Rampage that was even better. Strap in. AEW is... Uh, or it was cooking. <laughs> and he says, Punk setting aside his self-destructive tendency to take on Seth, who's had more plot armor than a 90s action hero, is the best premise in wrestling. Can anyone replace Seth in case of injury? Kevin Owens. Yeah, Kevin Owens is the straight swap. Um, but if they have to tell a different story, Punk... I showed you and told you in that SmackDown promo that there are multiple captivating opponents because he remains this captivating figure. Uh, Mr. Phoenix says, if Rollins can't go a mania, Punk wins the Rumble, Cody wins a weekly Raw tournament, they fight on night two, that way stubborn Twitter children can stop crying about Rock Roman. Uh, I consider myself one of them stubborn children. <laughs> I, like, I can wait for Rock Roman if it had to wait another year. Cody Punk is massive, though. Cody, yes. Cody Punk, what we were talking earlier on this. Who does the about, job there? Yeah. I mean, the drama is absolutely off the charts. That's the Cody Okada match that fits the W. Like, the, you don't need the match itself. You need the promotion and the hype, and the hype for that would be massive. Uh, Charles Avery, thank you for your first ever Super Chat. I'm going to direct this to Hamlet for obvious reasons. Uh, hey, Dadleys, I'm going to... <laughs> me, I guess. <laughs> I'm going to Sunderland this weekend with the lads. Any rec recommendations for what we should do? I've got a recommendation. Get the f***ing metro. <laughs> ten stops and go to the Newcastle City Centre. Nice try, asshole. The goddamn thing never wakes. Uh, <laughs> go, if you can, to uh, the... It's called the Fire Station. It's a very nice bar, but it is now, somehow, I don't know how, Sunderland's got one of the nicest uh, music venues in the entire region, and it's still brand new, so it hasn't been destroyed. Go and see a band there, and there's an awesome adjoining bar next to it, and three really great ale pubs, the Dunkow, the Peacock, and a couple of others surrounding that area, and go for food at... Fitzgerald's, it's the same as it's been all the time I've lived in the region, about 20 years. Get a curry and chips from there and pick from one of them any great beers. I'll be nice and save you from his uh, taste in culinary. There's apparently a really, really nice Mexican restaurant in Sunderland. I don't know what it's called, but I'll, I've had a great recommendation from there. And I assume a great recommendation if you, can't tell if you type in, uh, well, she only went once because you would go to one in Durham instead, which is a nicer city. If you just type in Mexican restaurant Sunderland, I'm sure it'll be the first result. Mr. Phoenix says, Dadley's live in Toronto for Money in the Bank NXT uh, weekend. Hey, we'll try. If you're a financer, dude, go ahead. <laughs> Money in the Bank. And Smackdown, Money in the Bank, and then NXT is the main event of the weekend. Be, come on. I'd be good. Well, we'd be the main event of the weekend, but, you know. Oh, Dadley's live, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Drew C says, uh, good morning. Do you think well-booked factions could start to bring back the AW vibe or are we doomed for factions like Embassy and Kingdom holding loser ROH titles? Um, ROH certainly doesn't help. It's kind of been normalized. I'm not that bothered. I don't see the ROH titles around the waist of guys on AW TV and think, ugh, wish that would go away. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being calloused to it. Um, I don't think factions are the answer. Um, in fact... It's yet another thing that we've seen a lot of to diminish returns. There's always a good and bad version of them, but I just feel like, again, the idea of, oh, we'll put that inexperienced wrestler or that wrestler who isn't as much of a star with that wrestler, and they, by association, will get over. It doesn't really work like that. Noble failures, like the Utah thing, noble failure. But again, I don't think it's the answer, personally. Yeah, we were talking about like like establishing new foundations factions weren't just factions for factions sake they were setting up the framework of all elite wrestling along with 
rankings and doing things that WWE just hadn't done for decades. At this point, trying to suggest that like factions are just like they were in 2019 is like Lex Luger replacing Hulk Hogan. That thing worked for that period of mm. time. Move away rather than lean it, try and do the same again. I understand how the ROH Association could jobify potentially great factions, but I think that's only a small part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, Shoroz Ahmed says, hello, legends. If Seth is fit and punk, Seth is the mania match. Should WWE book Priest to do a Seth and cash in? I've seen that theory banded around quite a bit. I would have liked it more if they were working the Rumble, yeah. to be honest. I think if they'd have gone to Seth and punk at the Rumble, you almost, uh, you get the best of both worlds because you protect who would actually win on the night and Damian Priest wins the belt heading into mania. I really, really like Damian Priest and I rate him. I don't think he's quite on the level that Seth was going into WrestleMania 31. And I just don't think it would feel believable. Like having Seth and Punk having their big moment face down on the mat as Damian Priest closes the WrestleMania, I think that would do more damage to Priest. Mm. It's a delicate thing. You've got, I think you've just got the beauty, the, the, the safety net of it's not immediately after the WrestleMania that this contract runs out. Well, yeah, that as well. But I It just, feels like an inconvenience at this point yeah. almost. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. I think it would do more harm to Damien Priest than, like, Seth. That was really great for Seth. This would be the opposite. Uh, John Catter says, so with a ratings, uh, sorry, rankings restored, let's assume AW get the power back. What would Sidge want to see them do to grow beyond that be before writing his sequel book? Oh, um, I just want to see it return to form. I just want to see the promotion return to form. And I've mentioned before, it gives me no pleasure to say this, that second book would be so hard to write. I approached the first one almost as like an artistic appraisal and how like an incredible achievement it was to do that level of artistry within pro wrestling. Previously monopolized, never given the chance or never allowed to be so detail-oriented. The second book given the story that had, would have to be told, would be very much reporting-based, very much about the palace intrigue and all the rest of it. And not only does my skill set not lend itself to such a book, but no one's talking. And through the NDAs, yeah. no one's allowed to talk. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think anyone at this point in the rise of the NDA era could do justice to that book, whether they've got that investigative dog in them or not. Yeah, we need the uh, Wembley tapes. <laughs> yeah, we need, like... All, like also, if you think about like SummerSlam Night Night Two as a comparison for how big that was for WWE, Hawk, like left the company, like went out on the piss with the Berserker for about three months or something. That was the extent of it. How was AW more controversial like, than that? Yeah, <laughs> like the chaos became the story rather than Wembley becoming the story. And a, a sequel book you would think would feature this incredible Sidgwick. Sorry, that's my. Reminded to do my work along, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, final few questions then. Uh, thank you, by the way, to Jose Palomares at the Ho 11 on Twitter, who uh, alongside uh, Adam Blair at Adam Wilton 4 always takes care of the... Um, Dada. Thank you on the Dynamite podcast. Uh, Jose simply says, I love sandwiches, sometimes just the meat, though. Speaking of which, uh, we are the meat in the WrestleMania sandwich, our What Culture Live show that goes down on the Sunday of WrestleMania. Join us for that. WhatCulture.com forward slash tickets VIP. Already sold out, but still time to get your regular admission tickets right now. As I said, WhatCulture.com forward slash tickets. Right, three questions left, gents. Um, 
Stephen Ellison says, who's eliminating Brock at the Rumble to set up a match at Mania? My pick would be Braun Breaker. Uh, also, who's getting eliminated by Dom for the banner? I like Braun Breaker for more than just a, ah, this might work. Because there's a little bit... They don't bit, see him at that level anymore, I don't think. Well, there's a little bit of Paul Heyman law anyway with Braun Breaker. And I think you can take risks with Brock in a way that you couldn't when Vince simply would just press the Brock button. And why not? Why not do, why not do what so many people did for Brock and just go, let's give that a look. Let's give that a go. I just don't think this... If you look at Breaker's book, which I've actually quite enjoyed, light disgusting homophobia aside on NXT, doesn't seem like he's primed for that. Sadly... I think people, look, it goes to show what the rub and what WWE perceive a wrestler to be, how far that goes in the minds of fans, because if you didn't hear those reports about how much they like Bron Breaker initially, you'd never really suggest him. He's like a mid-card guy, mm. and he's been floating around that mid-card in, a lot in developmental. Push, yeah. Like there was, he was the kind of the one. It's got a lot of there. currency. People have a lot of currency in the reports of who WWE sees, even if that flies in the face of the evidence you see on TV. For me, that's a shame he's got the IC title because you can just imagine Brock going, no, no. Yeah. It would have to be Gunther. I mean, mm. I just want to see the best stuff. I want to see the best stuff, and Gunther versus Brock is the best stuff. As for Dominic Mysterio, I do not go over a single toss. Yeah, but like this. Like two of them, isn't there? <laughs> Tom, and, Tom yeah. and Nick get a leg each. Truth. Oh, why not? Uh and Benson, thank you again for your Lots of conviction there, Hamfler. Uh <laughs> says, like the Sidge Blade, I'm tired of how homogenized TV wrestling is. How do they undo this problem? And do the cookers even realize that there is one? Is the style the reason the crowds are so quiet? Well, 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 well. It does feel like the crowds aren't as electric aren't as electric as they were about two, three years ago on AEW TV. Um, the style, I don't know, because the reason why wrestling became so exciting is because the tape traders became the wrestlers and YouTube became prominent and it was much cheaper and easier to watch whether you were a fan or an aspiring talent, Japanese tapes, Mexican tapes, and then you, in the early 2000s, got the hybrid era, obviously athletes, Athleticism just improves across every single sport and discipline as the years go by. But the problem is that there's nothing new to borrow, is there? Mm. Is there, like, the thing is, like, the annoying thing for me is, like, I would like it so much more if there was some kind of racket that the young kids were making that I just didn't like. Because that would make me secure in the fact that, oh, at least it's going to be, like, prosper and be healthy. There's no, like, style out there that I, that I, I just wish there was something I could say... Oh, you're not. You're doing it the wrong way. Mm. There's just nothing new, is there? It's all derived from something we've seen. There's nothing new, but I think Vince McMahon warped what the old style looked like. That we all thought the old style had to die. Christian Cage versus Dustin Rhodes was the old stuff done well, and that feels it's all pacing. That feels as fresh as anything because it's the old stuff always works, but definitely in the Monopoly years, like Vince McMahon's view of what the old stuff was destroyed its mm. legacy a little bit. Yeah. But I get it. It's all in pacing. Yeah. You can make every move matter as long as the character's um, over enough and the match is paced in such a way. Punk, look at that's the way probably Punk's biggest skill still, I would say, yeah, is yeah, where yeah. to put stuff. Yeah, he likes it. Punk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, though. But, yeah. but I, when, I just can't imagine a move like a Canadian Destroyer blowing my tits off again. Yeah, we feel a long way removed from that because the high spots last year, like, it's disgusting how sick... And how quickly we all got sick of Vikingo or Commander. Aye. That's that's kind of disgrace. Yeah. Like I 
like I remember seeing my first Frankensteiner by Scott Steiner and just wanted that again and again Aye. and again and again for the years that followed the Steiner Brothers sick double team moves. It's like would I stop everything for a yeah. commander? <laughs> Not walk anymore? No. Pacing is the answer. A final question comes from Aaron Shackelford. Aaron, thank you for your question. So sorry for getting here. Like, no problem. Uh, hey, don't worry about it. Surprise entrance <laughs> into the Rumble. Men's or women's always love the content. x No, one, two, three, kid, actually. Oh, my God. Yeah, that'd be good. He's already said no. But that means in wrestlers' <laughs> minds, <laughs> yes. See ya, see ya, Sean. No, uh, I love the one, two, three. Okay. I haven't thought about surprises much in the men's one because it does feel Mission- well booked. Missionary Jones is uh, without them. Feels very well booked without them. So I'll go because it has gone incredibly quiet. Jade Cargill in the women's. I like that, and she can be protected with whatever they're happy with what she can do in that match as well. Going to go out on a limb here and say Michelle McCool. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do every day. Mr. McCool backstage playing ball. <laughs> on the news, yeah, she's she's going to be there. Taker's going to be there. Of course she is. Uh, Which is always good. Well, no, but it's it's for sadder reasons than that. Unfortunately, by marriage, she has to attend one dead man show. It's on the, the Sunday night. night. <laughs> yeah, that's good. You, uh, you boomed me. After. You boomed me. I'm not going to say he's so good, but you did boom me. It's the day after the Rumble. Apparently. It's the day after the Rumble. I think that's what I read, yeah. God, maybe she could try to get an early flight home. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I've banged on about this loads on various videos, so I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Tiffany Stradern in the uh, in the women's, Ken Shamrock in the men's. I love that. He's a legend now, yeah. on legend contract, get him in. Uh, but thank you so much to everyone for your questions. Apologies if we didn't get to it this time, but we do this all the time. Uh, well, except for next week, because we're going to be doing a, a Royal Rumble <laughs> review. But uh, we do it a lot, and obviously we answer a load of your questions on the news. On the That's Culture promotion, Wrestling. baby. We do it sometimes. So. <laughs> we also do it on the What Culture Wrestling channel on YouTube as well. Uh, but thank you to everyone. Um, you can follow us all on Twitter at What Culture WWE. Watch there. Follow all three of us. Follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Uh, follow me at Adam Willem for our brilliant producer. Ad- <laughs> Adam Wilborn, even. Uh, follow our brilliant producer at It's Adam Nicholas and follow us all, as I said, at What Culture WWE. Subscribe to What Culture Wrestling, uh, wherever you get your podcast from, for daily wrestling podcasts. But for now, my thanks to Hamlet Sidrix. Thanks to all of you for your questions. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you soon. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.